That's great. 17,000 attendees across Austin. And they're Austin. all in this room. Yeah, they're all in this room. They're also out there virtually. Yeah. And we have over 500 speakers spread out across Austin, Texas. So wonderful, wonderful to see the crypto industry gather in this wonderful state capital of Texas. Yep. So we Love have it. really wonderful news. We've got Bill Barheit from Abra. He's the CEO there. We've got Mohammed Badi. He is also the president of Global Network Services for American Express. It's a longer title than his. That's true. He leads the network-related businesses at American Express, Global Network Partnerships, and Act Certify, Merchant Fraud and Risk Protection Unit. Previously, he was also the CSO at Amex and a senior partner at Boston Consulting Group, as well as a NASA scientist and a Silicon Valley startup entrepreneur. So has been around the tech scene for a bit. decades, for a, a bit. bit. A bit. So we've got some fascinating insights here. Bill is a serial entrepreneur. He has a career in internet media spanning three decades. Forbes describes Abra as the Robin Hood of crypto. It's available in over 100 countries. Previously, he was R&D at the CIA and NASA. Ooh. And he was also at Goldman Sachs in fixed income trading and an early team member in Netscape. So he has seen plenty of innovation in his time. And so, you know, I guess the first question I want to ask is, as you've seen the evolution from Web 1 to Web 2 to Web 3, what, what are the parallels you see in Web 3 coming forward ahead of us? Oh, God, there's so many. I mean, I, you want to go first? I'll, I'll follow you, Matt. So first of all, I think we're on a, a multi-decade movement towards decentralized systems, right? I think it, it's, you know, very quickly, basically centralized planning culminated with the moon landing. We put a tin box on effectively another world, okay? And that was the largest central planning thing probably since the building of the pyramids. Ever since then, from mainframes to PCs to smartphones, internet, now, of course, crypto, it's, it's a methodical march towards decentralization, all basically, in my opinion, driven by Moore's law combined with, you know, the lack of trust in centralized systems. Um, and, and, and now, basically, culminating in money, right? Which mm -hmm. is obviously why we're here today. And, Web3 is, is ultimately about the tokenization of everything in a new decentralized economy, but it's just the next step on that march, and there'll be another step after that. My ads are the commonalities, experimentation, volatility, and then regulation. Right? Everybody's experimenting, trying to figure out what use cases can you translate from the old world to the new world, how it go. The volatility comes with uncertainty on how things will work. You have businesses that get created, you have valuations that spike, and then things break down again. And then regulation. You want to make sure that things are done, particularly when it comes to payments and valuations. The ecosystem wants to make sure it's regulated so it's safe and sound for everybody to engage. Mm -hmm. And so the regulators are watching things carefully and then making decisions and looking to protect people. So when we think of the early internet web one, we think of you know, people just starting to experiment with the internet, AOL, Netscape, and those early days. Web 2 is when people become connected and socialized with Facebook, Instagram, all the social apps. Web 3 is when we become more centralized and start earning money for our attention, for the content that we put up. So I guess, what will be the push to make that more mainstream? User experience, first of all. Need, meaning what applications are going to drive adoption. For us, the way we think about decentralized money today is we're in hoarding mode, 
So people don't want to spend crypto today. They want to earn and hoard crypto. And that's exactly what Hayek predicted in the 70s. If we ever had private money, it would be hoarded first. And it's playing out that playbook to the T. That's why, you know, nobody talks about, I wish I had less Bitcoin or, you know, everybody wants more. That's the name of the game, especially at these prices. That's what we're seeing. So anything that you can do that actually gets you either more or free or whatever is going to be interesting. And then I think over time, you are going to see services. And this is where I think Ethereum is going to lead the way that actually make this useful, right? Banks are going to adopt DeFi eventually over the next five to 10 years as rails for lending, for Forex, for trading, et cetera, et cetera. Stablecoin, I, I hate the word stablecoin, but it is what it is. The, <laughs> we'll get into that The later. TBL of stablecoins <laughs> is a couple hundred billion dollars, and it's a concept that didn't exist, all based upon Ethereum over the last five years. So this is happening. And then, of course, NFTs, which is another hundred billion dollars in collectibles, all basically taking the idea of a paper-based rights certificate and putting it in an Ethereum smart contract. That's all it is. But again, if you look at the TVL for the rights you own, it's, it's a couple hundred billion dollars. So in the aggregate, that's almost a trillion dollars of commerce mm -hmm. using decentralized technology that didn't exist. So that's all techies that understand what I just said. The next step is how do you build user experiences to my first point that actually make this accessible to everyone else? Well, when you look at that, this panel is called When Credit Cards Meet Crypto. So it sounds like we've got a bridge to that. And you guys have some big news to announce. We do. news, right, Bill? Yeah, we do. Should I go for it? You want you to go for it? All right. So it's your card. It's yeah. Your so today we are announcing right now the Abra crypto card on the American Express network. It will be the first. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been a labor, actually an amazingly fast labor of love, even though American Express invested in Abra in 2015. This is something we've been working on for a few months. And when we first got together and said, we think the time is now to do this, it happened very quickly. So in a nutshell, the Abra crypto card will be a, a US dollar, US, first US market-based product that will allow you to earn unlimited crypto rewards on any purchase that you make. There'll be myriad ways to earn crypto, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or our CPERCs rewards token, and we'll have more to say about that. But then we've got all the benefits of, of American Express, including their offers system, tickets, uh, events, uh, purchase protection, fraud protection, and we just couldn't be more excited. And so I know we have a lot of customers here who've been asking this for a long time, and I know I have been asking this for my team for a long time. So I'm really super excited about it. I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, I do. So if you think of American Express, we, we innovate a lot on our own products. We play a lot in the fintech space as well in terms of how we engage with the fintech community. What you haven't seen to date very much of is American Express engaging with fintechs. So around the same time we started talking to Bill about the card, we made the decision to open up the American Express network for business with fintechs. We've had a number of announcements over the last couple of months, building out the platform for the ecosystem. We built a special relationship and a platform with I2C, the issuer processor. And this is our first US-based product on that ecosystem. So this is a huge milestone for us. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a lot more to come. Yep. So there are about, I'd say, two other crypto credit cards out there from BlockFi, from Gemini. So what makes this one different? Well, first of all, for us, we did a bake-off. We looked at everything out there. The natural affinity for, we have a lot of affluent customers, their affinity for the American Express brand, the offers model, you know, the ticket model, the fraud protection model. We're talking about very large purchasers, like people making large purchases. Was, that, that brand affinity was very, very strong in our research. 
the fact that we already had a very tight relationship with the team and we could develop a product together, right, working with uh, not only American Express at I2C and others was a really unique opportunity for us. And I'll be honest, I also kind of, again, okay, I talked to my team, what do we want? Like, if we had this product, what would we want? Right. And I'll be honest, we kind of chose what we wanted. And I couldn't... Which, be, which was, I don't Which know, was the, the, putting this on the American Express okay. network, you know? And I've been a card member since the 80s. I hate to admit it, you know? I'm sure I don't look that old, but I am. And it's like, wow. I mean, it's like a dream. You know, I, I never would have guessed that I would be, be doing that in the crypto space, right? So Bill and I have known each other a long time. As we started talking about how we could build something together. He described the value proposition that Abra was thinking of bringing to their customers. And then you add in all the elements Bill described of Amex offers. So the full suite of Amex offers offered to any Amex card member will be on this card. The pre-sale ticket access, the purchase protection, and oh, the access to the Resi Global Dining Platform. So okay. when you bring all of that together, what Abra's doing for their customers, what we can bring in as a network, it fits really well. And we're, we're relatively picky on who we partner with as well. Right? Sure, we're in early days, but we will always be picky on who we work with. So we want to work with partners that are truly innovating, who are breaking new ground, and are doing it the right way for their customers with the customer in mind. And so that's where their marriage works really well. And then it's Abra challenged us. It's interesting, American Express's you know, approach to cryptocurrencies. I wonder, you know, what are those internal conversations like? Because I'd say that in the crypto world, there is a very popular narrative that crypto is meant for folks to be self-sovereign, to be able sure. to trade directly and uh, be rid of financial intermediaries. So I wonder your thoughts on that. So if you look at how various financial ecosystems have evolved, eventually they do come back and rely on the core financial services ecosystem to support scale. If you want to scale, you've got to engage with the rest of the financial services ecosystem. Not because we want it, it's just We've invested decades and trillion, billions of dollars in creating that scale. I, I actually think you know, the, one of the most meaningful pivot points in financial services history was when Apple Pay launched. It was a big secret at the time. Nobody knew, everybody knew Apple was going to get into payments in some way, but we didn't know how. Well, the big announcement was they're relying on the existing credit card networks, and they're working with existing issuers, and put, they're inserting themselves in the ecosystem. I actually think that moment in history reinforced the role of the, the scaled payments ecosystem within financial services. And there's a user experience point to that that Apple added on top. So, so my take on your question is that as we move towards decentralized systems, and, and that march is unstoppable in my opinion, why, why does it make sense for a company like Abra to basically be a crypto bank in the first place, right? The, the idea is not lost on me, I get it. Right, and so a core tenet for us when you're talking about storage of crypto, trading of crypto, earning yield on crypto, is that you have personal sovereign, you know, you have agency over your funds. If you want to take your funds out of a crypto bank and move them into a hardware wallet 24-7, you should have the right to do that. And any service, right, including the ones presenting on the other stage right now, that would tell you that you can't have access to your crypto 24-7 to put it on a hardware wallet, to me says it's not your crypto, mm -hmm. right? And so if we're not able to add value on top of the idea, now part of the value is most people don't even understand how to use a hardware wallet. And there's a spectrum of where people start. And so we have a lot of users like who will, start. Yeah, yeah. will never get there because they don't want to deal with key now. management, which is the second part of what we're going to talk about, I think, in a minute. 
and, and so whether it's key management or you know, fear of losing this stuff, it's great that you can have a service like Abra's that gives you that amazing user experience. You have people you can call. We have a sales team with literally people you can text and say, I don't know what to do, right? But when you want to take it out and you want to hold it and you want to basically be your own bank, you can do it. And if you're working with a company that says they're in the crypto space that doesn't enable that, you really need to rethink whether or not that company is truly in the crypto space, in, in, in my yeah. opinion. Well, I just think this is really exciting because I know folks who earn in crypto, uh, they wander the world, they're digital nomads, and they, they can't bank anywhere. They're building amazing products yep. and they're creating value, but they can't spend the, uh, you know, in some cases, millions in crypto that they've acquired because no bank will accept them. So it's good that they yep. are developing options. But so far, this is only available in the United States. Yep. And so for us, I think it made a lot of sense to do US first. It's just our largest user base. But we have customers in dozens of countries. And we will offer similar products in other countries. Now, what's different about the US is we have an established credit system here. right? We may not like it, but it works for most people. And it's reasonably fair most of the time. But most countries don't even have that. And so you think about what we've built with our borrow product. We already have the ability to let you borrow against crypto in, pretty, in almost every country in the world that's not sanctioned by the US. If you have $1,000 in Bitcoin in your Avro wallet right now, in almost every place in the world, I will lend you $150 right now for free. Well, wait a minute. Why can't I basically move that borrow directly to the point of sale? Right? And so I think that's where this is headed. And this is, while this is a dollar-based product, because right now Americans want to spend dollars. They don't want to spend Bitcoin, they want to hoard it. Mm -hmm. I think in other places, people will also want to hoard Bitcoin, but the ability to pay in dollars or local currency at the point of sale, where your credit is based upon how much crypto you're holding, that is the future of credit-based payments, in my opinion. And that's to your earlier question, that's where a network like American Express is really valuable. Exactly. We're at points of sale in all of those countries. Exactly. We have banking relationships in all of those countries. And as I visit those countries, I'm meeting with the central banks in those geographies, saying, how, what, what do you guys think, how are you guys thinking about digital currencies? Specifically, how are you thinking about decentralized digital currencies? Oh, and we have partners that we can actually bring to you so you can evolve your own ecosystem. Yep. And they listen, because they're, every, every country in the world is thinking about what their strategy and approach is going to be. Does that also eliminate the uh, tax consequences? Because uh, even if you buy a coffee, you have to keep track of it and whether or not you made a profit or a loss in your crypto, and you have to report yeah. that to the IRS. Well, if so you haven't that... sold crypto, then there shouldn't be any tax consequences, right? If you're borrowing against, one of the reasons that our affluent customers borrow against crypto holdings is the same reason that people have been borrowing against their equity positions for years, right? They want to get, reap the future benefits, and they're also getting the tax advantage of not actually selling. Mm -hmm. And where do you see American Express's, you know, position in the future of, you know, as we move toward decentralized finance? So our whole strategy is to be part of both the evolution of commerce and the innovation of commerce. So our, in, our goal is stay close, build partnerships, experiment, establish incumbency, and as the ecosystem evolves, we'll evolve with it. You also have some news, uh, Bill, on uh, NFTs that I'm happy to, for you to announce here. Yeah, thanks for teeing that up. So we have a second announcement today, um, and this one is also pretty damn cool. Uh, we've been working for a couple of years 
to solve what I call the, the MetaMask madness problem. It's related to kind of this whole key management thing that I talked about before. I don't know if any of you have ever wanted to participate in an NFT auction, but you couldn't do it because you had these gas fees or you, know, you didn't have your MetaMask uh, laptop install with you at the time, or you just have no idea what I'm talking about and you don't know how to do this in the first place. And, and so we've solved all of those problems and we're launching a new NFT service, which effectively equates to a, a bank account for NFTs. It's a new, totally new type of architecture for storing NFTs inside the Abra app. It, um, it makes all of the complexity of key management and even getting, you know, paying gas fees for getting the Ethereum in there all gone, you know, all relegated to Abra to deal with in the background. Uh, and we it's, have some video as well. Yeah, if you want to show it, it's, show it's, it's super cool. But basically what this does is it, it takes a really super advanced architecture for, um, you know, key management, uh, the, the techie phrase is MPC, um, but it basically, like I said, relegates Abra to the management and, and, and dealing with keys, gas fees, everything else. So it has a, a, all the, the major galleries will be integrated over time, including OpenSea, SuperRare, Autograph, things like that. Um, so you can go to those other sites using your NFT wallet. I actually call it an NFT account. It's not really an official phrase for us, but that's, it's closer to that because you don't have to deal with all the complexity. But remember what I said before, you can still take the NFTs and move them anywhere you want. If you want to go to a hardware wallet, if you want to go to back to MetaMask, you can still do it. But when you're inside of Abra, we've made it just as easy as our trade, what earn, and borrow. What are we seeing here right now? So you're actually scrolling through uh, a, an integrated gallery inside of OpenSea that is inside the Abra app now. You can shop OpenSea, you can complete the purchase, and you can go to your gallery and view the NFTs without leaving the Abra app. If you want to go to OpenSea and use your Abra app to do like a one-click checkout from there, you can do that as well. And you just connect them uh, and you're not actually paying any gas fees to get your Ethereum in, into MetaMask because you already have it in, for most people in your Abra trade account. So it's just fully integrated in a way that I've never seen before. Cool, so there was recently a very uh, public uh, phishing attack against Seth Green, a celebrity actor producer who made a whole series on his board ape. Uh, it was stolen, it landed in the wallet of someone named Darkwing84 recently had to purchase it for $300,000, you know, to get back what was stolen from him. And we've heard of exploits of other yeah. board apes recently due to a phishing attack on the board ape the Discord. So how does this solve security? Sure. So look, uh, as my background is in encryption, you know, and I've done this could. CIA. Yeah, and, and I am a huge fan of what Consensus has done to bring the DAP model to the masses, but the time is nigh to basically move this into a consumer-friendly environment so that things that you're talking about don't happen, and then if you don't have a PhD in MetaMask, you can actually do this and not lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's problem one. Problem two is, is I, I actually, it pains me to think about how much money I've lost because I didn't participate in primary auctions that I had planned to participate in because I didn't have my laptop with me at the time that had my MetaMask install and my keys and all this other crap. Um, and I just couldn't do it because I have other things going on in my life. But I always have this with me, even here on stage, and I could open it up and participate in an auction and I would have, I, I don't even want to think about how much money I lost by not participating in those auctions. Um, and, and so that won't happen anymore. 
right? So, so it's, it's, it's a game changer, and you're gonna be hearing a lot from other companies as well about this kind of new MPC architecture uh, for uh, key management, both on the consumer and institutional side. I think we're the first to bring it live on the consumer front, uh, and it, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a couple of years in the making. It was really, really hard to do. Not easy to do for consumers, but we did it. Interesting. You know, I'm just curious, Mohammed. you know, with, because you're from traditional finance and you're dealing with a more volatile uh, area in the industry with cryptocurrencies where the values and we've seen the collapse of Terra Luna most, interest, most recently. So I wonder what does American Express think of that risk? So we've been part of the debate. For, we've been having the debate internally for a while on digital currencies as store of value or means of payment. And we landed very squarely, and today we see a digital, especially decentralized digital currencies, as a store of value. And we're engaging in the space, thinking about it as a store of value for today. As long as this volatility exists, which ties to the core of your question, we expect that's the role it'll play. What's gonna convert it from store of value to a means of payment? It's industrial use cases. So if you take the analogy of gold, which we've studied for a long time, Gold has industrial use cases. It's used in the creation of circuits. It's used in um, certain materials to give it strength. And even though, was it 70% of gold is just used for jewelry, but it is a relatively rare asset, uh, a relatively rare element. You could take all the gold in the world and you fill, what, three Olympic-sized swimming pools? That's it. There's really not that much in the world. So once a decentralized digital currency, the use cases that Bill was talking about, take hold, then the space will evolve. So for us as Amex, it's, well, let's work with the people that are disrupting the space. Let's ensure we create and add value in the process, and I think we're doing that here with this product. And as it evolves, we'll evolve with it. All right. Now, Terra Luna was also listed on Abra, and I, you know, just zooming out as a crypto platform, is there a degree of responsibility for crypto platforms with what they list? and? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. We, I think we're up to about 130. I think this is the first time we've ever delisted one because it effectively failed. Now, fortunately, because we, didn't, we never offered Anchor or any of those crazy yield products around Terra Luna, none of our customers were exposed to it. And because you couldn't do that, most people weren't, wouldn't, weren't putting Terra on Abra because you couldn't earn yield with it. So we liken ours kind of, kind of to the safe, responsible yield in the crypto space. And so, you know, we'll continue to take a hard look at every new coin. I mean, I get bombarded with messages all day long from people, can you list this, can you list this? And, and okay, it's, it's hard to, to basically parse all of that and make decisions, but we have a really good track record of, of doing it so far. The only thing I was kind of forced to delist, which I didn't want to, was XRP, regardless of my personal feelings about XRP, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm sure, you know, Abby Johnson doesn't have a long set of discussions with her team about OTC stocks. You can buy OTC stocks on Fidelity, right? I mean, it is what it is. So, so I, I don't think it's my job to basically tell people what they should or shouldn't buy, but, you know, we're trying to build a responsible, easy to use, accessible platform for this stuff, and the industry is so early that pe folks are gonna get it wrong sometimes, and the, Terra Luna team built a synthetic asset on an unstable platform. Right? That makes sense, right? If you want to build a synthetic asset, the underlying has to be relatively stable, or mm -hmm. the risk of what happening that actually happened in this case goes through the roof. Maybe you shouldn't have been called a stable coin. Well, that's my problem with the whole industry. They shouldn't be called stable coins, but that's, <laughs> nobody cares about my opinion on that. So <laughs> what? Really bad, you could so. coin the new term. Yeah, what I don't know what I would call crypto it. Crypto dickbots. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Uh, we've got to wrap it up there. But so back to this credit card. What's the deal? Waiting list. When yep. is it available? The launch. Everyone, you know, should yep. they sign up? What's yep. going on? Of course, you should sign up. Waiting <laughs> list is live now via app.com. If you just uh, via Twitter, you'll see the links, or our webpage, you'll see the links. I'll tweet it out in a few minutes. That'll be launching uh, later this year. The NFT service will go live in the next few weeks as well. But we wanted to give everybody a preview uh, today since we got a huge gathering this week. And uh, yeah, so more to come. So everyone sign up. Go Absolutely. ask Bill to yeah. get on their list. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Bill, thank you so much. Mohammed, pleasure. You. Congratulations on this partnership. Thank you. Thank you.